0: Welcome to Oscar Poker. This is Sasha Stone with Awards Daily.
1: Hey, it's Jeffrey Wells of uh, Hollywood Elsewhere, uh, speaking from Wilson, Connecticut, and about to see my very first Super Bowl of the 21st century. I have not watched that game in 20-odd, 20, uh, 25 years, maybe, maybe more. Do you ever watch the Super Bowl? I don't know Why, are you, do why
0: are you watching it? Huh? Why are you watching it? Oh, why?
1: Because it's the, uh, it's the Taylor Swift, Travis oh, Kelsey element. I'm, I'm intrigued. I mean, I've never watched Travis Kelsey play. I mean, I've never seen, the you know, he's a big deal now. And uh, she'll be there. And, you know, maybe they'll do something surprising for the halftime.
0: Well, I doubt it. She's probably going to be stuck up in the booth waving. But I, I have to admit that there's a part of me. You know what it is, Jeff? It's just human beings like to be part of something and sure. uh, and it feels like we're everybody's involved in this. <laughs> what if mm-hmm. they what if they lose? What if the Kansas City Chiefs lose? Like what a humiliation that you, will
1: be. You got to roll with it. They they were good enough to get into the Super Bowl. There's certainly nothing dishonorable about that and if they and if They don't quite make it, um, then okay, that's that's the way uh, that's the way God planned it. I'm sorry. But, you know, it's not it's not not a preordained thing that, you know, he really has to win. And that if uh, the Chiefs win, that means that Travis Kelsey is even cooler and therefore that's going to be their relationship will last longer or something. I don't think they're going to last past the summer. Certainly not the year. Uh, You know, what do you think? Who?
0: Taylor Swift and.
1: Yeah, and 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 Taylor Swift. Do you think going to last beyond this year? Do you? I, I don't. Do you? I have no idea. I mean, I I well, don't know. Well, I'm obviously not asking if you have an idea as an insider. I'm saying basically your understanding of the way high achieving type A people are. You know what she's like, and she's I not. You know, once he stops she's... being a champion. He's he's gonna diminish in her eyes and then she's gonna go after the next big thing.
0: Well, uh, I just totally don't buy into that at all. I think that's a weird okay. way to assess someone's personality. How do you know what she's like?
1: Oh come on. How do I know yeah. what Travis what what Taylor Swift is like? Yeah. Have you ever do you know anything about high achieving type A powerful individuals in the entertainment industry or whatever? Come on. We all know what that what that is basically about. It's not no, about it's not. being an average person. It's about being a high achiever. It's about being, you know, high maintenance, high demand. Yeah, you don't it's know. It's just the way. Oh, wait a minute! I don't know. No. What am I, have I? Am I? Am I six years old? I do. Know. You've been, you've I've, been, I've been, you've
0: been casting judgment on her based on what people say about her in oh the media. i see
1: now you're taking this as a feminist thing no me. i'm not i just it's think like,
0: it's it's not a feminist thing it's a lazy-minded thing is what it is if you're going to insult me i'll insult you right back
1: insult you how am i insulting you
0: oh you're going to take this to a feminist thing that's not an insult well
1: that's what you seem to be implying i no, don't you know I'm seem not to that, be implying that's you a- know
0: you're really good at convicting people in the court of opinion, public opinion look here's the thing about taylor swift she grew up in tennessee she yeah. still hangs out with her parents. I
1: thought she she's was a, from Pennsylvania. Didn't they mainly no. grow, uh, live in Pennsylvania? I'm just asking.
0: I don't know. She's from some c- southern state. It's Kentucky, maybe or Tennessee. It's one of those. Um, some yokel
1: state, right? Where some country music state. was the big thing. Right?
0: Yeah, she was in okay. country music. She started out in country music, right. and you know she uh has cats. Look, I don't know what her personality is like. I just know that she has bad luck with men, but I don't know why. I don't know what the reason is. Nobody could figure that out. Nobody who knows Jeff Wells, trust me, I know Jeff Wells really well. And I know a lot about your relationships and stuff. But no one Mm -hmm. out there in the world is able to accurately assess what your relationship, I promise you, they don't know anything about Jeff Wells and his relationships with women. Would
1: you like me to tell you what most of my relationships have been about? Most of them have been when, were when I was young and fetching. And, I'm just and saying having, that having great, you don't want to hear this. We're not no, I'm not. You
0: didn't know because you're misinterpreting me. All right. I'm you saying that people you don't would know say, what I'm
1: about. I'm offering what I'm That I is am, not what I said.
0: I said, you don't want I know. to talk,
1: in other words. I okay. said,
0: oh, you guys, I hope you listeners are listening to what I have to deal with here. Okay. He will not let me finish. Let me finish. I okay. said I knew, but that your readers don't. They always accuse you. Often and for years now, of being this creepy, lecherous guy that that's not true. I've not been
1: ever been a creepy, lecherous guy ever. That's complete. bullshit
0: Please, Calgon, Calgon,
1: am I having a psychotic episode? Somebody, please
0: rescue me from this nightmare. I said what they think. Hello, I don't, I've
1: never done anything lecherous. What are you talking about? I,
0: oh my god,
1: this is a nightmare. Why are you counting to 10? I'm telling you, I've never done anything lecherous.
0: Please, just... Lecherous. You know what that means? If you seriously shut up for five minutes, just five minutes. How about one minute? If you shut up for one minute, I'll explain to you what I mean. But it's impossible to get a word in when you're hysterical. just don't use
1: the word lecherous. That's like calling you a slut or something. That's not very nice. All right. That's shitty.
0: Oh, my Lord, help me, please. It is.
1: Do you think I would use a word of of some derogatory term? Somebody rescue me. Jeff,
0: for God's sake, you know, I am starting to wonder about you lately because it's like you can't understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I didn't say that's what you You, mean. What I'm saying is what your followers say about you. That is not true. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Is anybody in there? I said, this isn't true about you. They say it is. Okay. So don't yell at me about it based on bullshit. Okay. It's the same thing that probably a lot of people think about Taylor Swift because people don't know what it's really like. People don't know you. They don't know what you're really like. They don't know what you're like with women. I do because I know you. And I know it's not true that you are these things, but I also know that they called these film festivals to get you kicked out, and they insinuated that they're that you made women feel uncomfortable, and you don't. But that's the reality is different from what they say about you. Okay, that's all I'm saying. You know why it's all based on that that uh, James Mangold thing, where you got that um, you know that whole thing with Nicky Fink and all that. It's rooted in that and, and the, the, the way that they've tried to cast you over the years. But what I've been trying to say to people and getting screamed at, just like I'm getting screamed at by you, is that it isn't true. That's not what you're like. And I've been defending you for over 10 years on this. All right. I don't think you're lecherous. I never did. I know the truth. But other people have said that about you. So my I would point here never
1: say this to you. My Ever. point
0: here say what? to you, Jeff, tell you the truth.
1: I would never say any loose talk to you about people online or the the, the Twitter crowd. Never. I would never give. You always do. You just told me the
0: other day that a certain blogger friend of ours and another blogger friend think I'm crazy and think I've gone too far and have said all sorts of horrible things about me. You tell me that stuff.
1: All the time. Yes, but, but I, I and I. And
0: Not I, only that, but you forward me emails from people who were saying terrible things about me, and I had to tell you to stop doing that because it was upsetting me so much. Okay, so give me a break. All right. I'm a telling you.
1: Who we both know tells me he has a adverse opinion about something you may have said. I'm what? I'm going Why? to say, well, okay, you know that's. And the then way tell you me about it. it. I'm and telling I, what, wait, you. What Discipline him and slack. The point that I'm trying
0: to make here, if I can get past your massive ego, is that judging Taylor Swift based on what we all think about her might not be the whole story. And I'd prefer to give her the benefit of the doubt. Do I think that she'll stay with Travis Kelsey? I don't know what their relationship dynamic is. I know that his relationships in the past have been with black women. So, you know, all of his girlfriends have been black. So I don't know what he's doing with Taylor Swift, but you know i don't know maybe he you know he's into her uh you know she seems to be really into him but do i think their relationship would last given the pressures they're under probably not
1: i don't Well, think... that's that's just what i said exactly the same thing
0: no it's different i mean i'm saying you know, that the public... type
1: a people are as you know very very yeah, demanding I'm not, of I'm certain not things in their life
0: i disagree with that that it's on her because she's type a i'm saying the public pressure on them The focus, the intensity is, I don't know what relationships can with. So that's, that's why Lo and Ben Affleck broke up, right? It was public pressure on them. There's a too much pressure on Taylor Swift and Tyler Kelsey. So I don't, or Travis Kelsey. So I don't even know if they can have a relationship. You know what I mean? How do you even have, how do you have a relationship under those circumstances?
1: Yeah. Beef me. Because it's is every time they step out the door, the media is one. You know, it's after a while you would think, you know, I can't stand this any longer. No. I personally cannot stand living like this. I know. And, and 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 I bought into this. Obviously, I want this because look at me. I'm the most successful, richest, uh, uh, you know, superstar in the in the pop music world right now. And uh, I know, I know that comes with a price but I can't stand this. I cannot take it any longer. Yeah. And I, I would totally sympathize with her or both of them saying that, you know.
0: Well, I mean, right, exactly. Life is short, you know? And short. And that's what happened with J-Lo and, and Ben Affleck. It's like, you know, it's a lot of work to, and, and look at the Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie love triangle, how much the press has gotten out of that. Like, I think that, what the Travis my own personal opinion about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift is simply this: Our American culture has lost its mind because it's under control of a fanatical cult. Right. And so they've decided that it's wrong to want these sort of uh, heroic um, hero, you know,, uh, what's the word these kind of gods and goddesses that we're used to, right? white women, white men blonde, you know, beautiful blonde, handsome football star, basically high school, you know, the homecoming yeah. queen and the football star. And um yeah. and you know, we used to get that a lot in movies. They used to give it to us. That was the dream, the fantasy that we were sold in so many movies. There was the hero and the love interest, right? But yeah. the new like, you know, rooted in marxism madness of the left has decided that they want to school people. On how, like, correct their vision, like they're giving them a prescription of how to see the world better. You know, you you can't not, you don't want what you actually want. If you're walking into McDonald's, don't want a cheeseburger. You know, want a salad. Want a salad. And so that's that's really what's going on here. And I think that you're seeing the, you're seeing that across the board in a lot of ways. You're seeing people craving that and wanting it elsewhere. That's why Barbie and Oppenheimer, I think, are so successful. And why this, this Taylor Swift thing is so, is, is why she, yeah. she's such a worldwide phenomenon because she's selling that thing that American culture doesn't sell anymore. It just doesn't. Yeah. So that's my that's two true. cents. And, and it, you know, maybe people think it's racist to say, but, you know, there is a reality to confront when you have a majority white population still, right? Majority mm-hmm. white. And so you, you know, people are too afraid to say or to talk about it because they don't want to sound like a white supremacist or a racist. They don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. They don't want to leave anyone out. All their intentions are good. But at the end of the day, you have to look at what this, what the entertainment industry does for people. What do movies do for people? What do, you know, what does fantasy do for people? What has it been doing for us for the past, you know, century? and you suddenly take that away and you say that's wrong you know you you can't want sexy looking women you pervert and you can't want only white heroes you racist you know you're gonna take this these these other versions of humanity so that we can fix ourselves so that everybody can be on the same level and everybody gets to go Mm -hmm. home feeling happy that things will work out. So I think that's what's behind the the obsession and I will admit that there's a part of me that is caught up in it too and if people say oh they wouldn't be that obsessed if it was say Beyonce and a black football star I would agree with that they wouldn't be um there's just a, a you know with white people and black people or any any people they they tend to um want to see themselves reflected or a fantasy version of themselves look I can't explain it all I can do is see it for what it is but I can't explain it i could explain Mm -hmm. it in a way that makes people feel really bad about themselves that's an easy thing to do i could be robin d'angelo and i could be talking about white fragility and i could make white people feel guilty for every great thing they ever did um but i would never want to do that right Uh, you have facts in front of you and it's your job to interpret those facts and for me it's you know they are they are uh prototypes they are um you know what do you call it um what would you mm. call what they are but they are timeless protagonist types like they're, they're, they look like gods and goddesses both of them um him right. and her so yep. um you know i don't know what to tell you about that but uh no i agree well we with- didn't,
1: i didn't start this conversation or this topic in order to see if you could understand or explain the dynamic as to why they are a couple my my opinion was that they're not going to last as a couple and that was immediately swatted down because of my inability to perceive who who or the kind of person Taylor Swift is despite my having hung out and and known high, Demanding high uh, maintenance yeah, but, uh, but see, that's, movie stars all my life. Correct, and you're telling and me oh, you don't where, know anything. That's where we anything. get
0: into a problem. You don't know if she's high demanding. You don't know that about her. Oh. Based on what? What do you why, what do you have a problem
1: with, with admitting that high maintenance, high demand people uh, who are very rich? You don't you don't. That's a that's a cliche for God's sake.
0: I, I just I in this particular, if something doesn't sound right to me, I'll push back, and it doesn't. I'm not saying she is or she isn't. I'm saying I have seen no evidence. I've seen that she's a very talented performer who has been Mm -hmm. staying in show business despite many attacks against her over the years, bullying uh, online and people like Kanye and a lot of people saying Mm -hmm. she's a white feminist and saying she can't dance and criticizing her for various things throughout her career. I see someone who is... You know, wants people to like her, so she, you know, embraced the LGBT community because she was getting called out for that. I saw her attend. She wasn't called
1: out. She was all but declared to be a gay person before by a, that. A person writing the New York Times it before that. The most astonishing op-ed i ever read in my life
0: before that before that uh,
1: she was okay. called out were so called some, out in what sense
0: well lots of articles you mean, if you ever out? if you ever want to do a search you can find them they you know taylor swift can do more taylor swift should be standing up for our lgbtq taylor swift should be standing up for transgender rights you know because when you're okay. that famous everybody wants you to you know uh support their their movement and So she did all that stuff and was supportive, and then she was paid back by that op-ed in the New York Times that basically called her gay. Like, she was trying Mm -hmm. to appease a community that had been making demands on her, and that's how she was rewarded for it, was by them saying she's secretly gay. Well, she was just trying to accommodate their requests and and be liked. That's all she was trying to do. If she has any personality uh, trait that I've been able to detect in looking at her and her career. It's that she wants to be liked like everybody else. But um, I don't see high maintenance and demanding. In fact, I've heard exactly the opposite. I saw this TikTok of this guy who attended a Taylor Swift um, uh, video shoot or something in New York, and he hated Taylor Swift before walking into that. He said he thought she was a bitch, uh, mm-hmm. you know, fam- based on what famous why, why did that? I don't know. He just did. And he said that she was.
1: Uh, I'm certainly not saying that. No, I know. I know. But he said she
0: was super nice and accommodating. She paid everybody $100 just for being there. She went up and shook everybody's hands. She gave them all pizza. And he said she spent time talking to them. And he said she was like one of the nicest people he's ever met. That's all I've ever heard about Taylor Swift is that people say how nice she is, how normal she is, how kind she is. Every single person that knows her has said that about her. So I don't, that's why I'm pushing back is that I don't understand where, and I don't personally care. It's what standard
1: operation behavior. No, it standard isn't. There is no for such thing who as. who are wealthy and high achievers. Uh, I don't know why you have a problem fine. with that.
0: Fine, and you, you go it's ahead so- and believe that, Jeff. I will choose to believe what I choose to believe, okay? I don't see any evidence of that, that that's she's a demanding bitch who's gonna alienate I'm not Travis. saying that.
1: Why are you saying that again? You're she, implying that I'm one of those people.
0: Well, you're saying that you know what that the relationship will end because she's an entitled, you know, high demand I don't
1: think he'll be enough for her. I'm trying to say once he loses his high-gloss Powerful, you know uh, running back uh, Kansas City Chiefs thing. It's gonna be he's gonna be mr. Swift You know, that's what happens.
0: I personally see it a slightly different way than that. I see her uh, biological clock ticking I see her ovaries aching I see a hot man with, you know, good sperm and it's time right. to mate and reproduce. That's what I see. So sounds
1: like a plan. Sounds like a plan. You know.
0: <laughs> Let's breed the master race. <laughs> no, But that's what I, I detect in her. She's about she's mid early thirties. That's when your biological clock really starts to tick like horrible. Yeah. And right. she knows her time is running out. She's got to get busy. She can't just continue to date guys and, you know, not get serious. So that's what I see in it. But do I think it's going to last? Tragically, I do not, because she, like me, seems to have a hard time keeping relationships going, you know. Okay. All right. So Christopher Nolan won the Directors Guild last night. Um, which, yeah, let's
1: turn to real fascinating stuff. Okay.
0: Well, it's not fascinating. Yeah, that, to that, you. Everybody
1: was shocked to the core when he won, uh, of course. No, I think we should, what we is-
0: should start, we should, we should have a podcast called Oscar poker and talk about earthquakes. And football and Taylor Swift. I think that's much more interesting. It's a
1: dead issue between now and the Saturday. It's not Awards. a dead
0: issue. It's an interesting issue if you if you are interested in the Oscars. Why do you have a podcast called Oscar Poker if you don't even want to talk about the you Oscars? You have
1: to be adaptable to the to the shifting moods of the season and the year and everything. And I think that people enjoy your uh, yours and my uh, uh, intelligence, and our uh, our manner, and the way we're candid with about things. Well, and I don't think we have to talk talk strictly Oscars. Well, I would like to talk about it because subject. it's
0: interesting. It's not a dead subject; it's an interesting subject. You're it could just be not dead right now. No, it isn't. You're just looking at it the wrong way. Okay. Here's how you need to look at it. Okay, this is a moment potentially where the Oscars shift from being about equity. To being about merit it's this moment right now that will test them because if oppenheimer wins best picture it will be the first film since green book
1: yeah good yeah good Book. yeah in, to win, in, it won in early 19 but but moonlight was the year before so you really have to go back to the winner of that's the... about six
0: years ago about six years ago they were before the green green book apocalypse and i know we're going to both talk about that And then Mm -hmm. after that, Parasite won the first uh, international feature, which to me was uh, a really sort of even though I love the movie, it was a dark turning point for the Academy because they basically said these wonderful American movies from the studio system aren't good enough to win best picture. We're going to go all the way over here to South Korea and give that movie best picture. And why did they do that? Because they didn't want to walk away from the night having awarded only white people which is what they would have done if they hadn't awarded Parasite. Everybody would have been white, the picture, director, all the acting, all the writing, at a time when there was a simmering powder keg ready to explode. So they had to do that. But since then, we've had Parasite, right? Then we had Nomadland in the COVID year with Chloe Zhao winning, first woman of color. Then we had Coda, first film uh, written and directed by a woman with a predominantly deaf cast. And then we mm-hmm. had um, the next year was everything, everywhere, all at once, right? All non-white. The worst
1: year of every Oscar year ever. It's the worst one I've ever been through. <laughs> that horrible year last year.
0: And then, Nothing got
1: me so depressed and so down in the dumps and like apocalyptic. And I think it really.
0: So basically for me, the narrative of this year is. Can Christopher Nolan save the Oscars from themselves? Can he save the industry from themselves? Can he rescue them from. But their, that's not a
1: question, really, is it?
0: From their woke. Well, we'll see. We'll see.
1: Well, okay. You actually think it's kind of, hmm, who knows? Maybe yeah. it'll happen. Yeah, I don't and think if it's you on understood. That, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. No, if you understood how the. The Oscar best picture is decided by what's called a preferential ballot. It's a ranked choice ballot. If it was a bunch of, if it was only five movies and they were picking it the old fashioned way where everybody voted, Oppenheimer would easily win. Um, Just like La La Land probably would have won, The Revenant would have won, and maybe Gravity would have won. Maybe all these movies that almost won Best Picture would have won Best Picture. I don't know. But the BAFTA, you know, has five and they picked, you know, different movies from the Oscars for Best Picture because of that preferential ballot. The preferential ballot gave us weird winners like Big, the Big Short and, and Coda. So, you know, I, I don't know how it's going to go. I hope it's Oppenheimer because to me, that will signal the industry saying, yes, we need to save ourselves. Let's do this. And not just because they're abandoning the woke shit, finally, but because Oppenheimer made almost a billion dollars and it's a studio movie and it was, it was an in-theaters movie made on film. He's a traditionalist. And it will show that they appreciate that and that they want to fight for it, you know, and that they're not willing to just give it all up now. And so, but if it doesn't win, some other movie wins, like I don't know what could win. But any other movie that's not Oppenheimer unless it's Barbie, will tell me that they don't care anymore and that the Oscars might as well go on to streaming and they might as well be more international and then be like the Cannes Film Festival and that they don't care about the American film industry anymore and they don't care about keeping movie theaters alive and they certainly don't care about rescuing this country from its disastrous state where we all need culture. Everybody needs culture because look at what happens to our country without it. You know, we need stories, we need comedy, we need to be able to share in that experience. And so Oppenheimer did that. And so that's why I hope it wins.
1: Do you know what the Art Directors Guild is?
0: Yes, of course.
1: Because before I did, I didn't really pay attention to it. It's called the ADG, Art Directors Guild, and they hand out awards. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're a big award to the year that, you know, has the best of the film that has the most... Impressive uh, and popular uh, art direction went to Poor Things, not to Barbie.
0: Right for the fantasy category, for the period category, it went to Oppenheim, um, Oppenheimer over Killers of the Flower Moon over the Wes Anderson movie um, and one other movie that it beat. So it shows strength for Oppenheimer, really good strength that it won that award. I think everybody was predicting Poor Things would win. The production, so the
1: fantasy. Okay. I mean, it's between because, the two. You know, uh...
0: It's between the two, but I, I have a feeling that, I mean, I don't know. Maybe things will shift, but it would be really hard not to give production design to poor things the way that movie looks. Like, yeah, you can't. I mean, you, it, it'll probably win more awards. You know, it might even win like, mm. you know, cinematography uh, or some costumes or something like that.
1: If they had an Oscar for Best Choreography, I would give it to that because of that dance scene. That one dance scene yeah. is one of the greatest things all year. So. It
0: really is. but that, And that's down to those two actors. Uh, just brilliant, both of them in that scene. Really mm-hmm. just one of the best things on, on movies. Like Emma Stone is so funny in that. Just so brilliant. Yeah. And then it's good that they keep showing that because that really is the best scene in the whole movie. The dance scene. That whole sequence where she's in that restaurant mm. is, is the best part of that movie, I think. She's so cute in that.
1: The old guy winking at her and her winking back. Yeah, <laughs>
0: winking and, and finding the food. She doesn't like mm-hmm. the food <laughs> that she's eating because it's gross. And so she spits it out. That whole sequence was, was just fantastic, I think. And, uh
1: yeah. By the way, let me just uh, inters, inter, interject here a, a thought about what, something that you pointed out to me, not too long ago, maybe a half hour ago, the, uh, the torching of a Waymo car, which is a, a um, driverless, you know, self-driving uh, car that was in the middle of Chinatown. And apparently it got in the middle of a, it caused a uh, traffic jam, I, I guess it was in a cross section or I mean a, a crossroads. And a lot of people couldn't move, and it was just sitting there, and they couldn't push it away. <clears throat> and so basically somebody uh, threw uh, some kind of uh, incendiary device, uh, not not a torch or anything, but something that caught fire. And the car burned. It, it burned. And uh, I don't think it was uh, any kind of uh, un, uh, untoward or, or wrong-headed, uh, you know, woke thing or anything. I think it was people... Having an existential moment, like we're sick, we hate uh, driverless cars. You know, I I understand it. I don't approve of it. I don't think you should burn anything in the middle of San Francisco, but I do understand the sentiment. And they they I, they they basically were saying, "Fuck those Waymo self-driving vehicles." And uh, you know, they didn't like it. You know, I think I think that was what was being said because uh, I don't I didn't see any. I saw some video of it. I don't saw people cheering. But it did happen, and I was—I uh, don't think it's altogether a bad thing. I think it's a revolt against uh, against uh, what things are taking shape as. It reminded me of a scene in Nathaniel West's *The Day of the Locust*, or more specifically, uh, John Schlesinger's film, in which everybody revolts against the movie stars and about all the glamour and all the you wow. know um, Chinese theater uh, hoopla with the klieg lights. It kind of goes nuts, you know. I think it was that kind of thing. There's also a wonderful ad in which um, uh, Spike uh, Spike Jones uh, did a thing about the um, um, I think it was the Gap going undergoing a change, and, but and he had a uh, basically a fantastic ad about uh, people inside a Gap store st- impulsively deciding to destroy everything and overturn mannequins and take and and suddenly. Motorcycles were buzzing around inside the, uh, the store, and 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 things were just freaking out. There was all kinds of ra- A woman drove her car through the plate glass windows, and it, it was crazy. But it was, and it and it was basically conveying that people are, are sick of corporatism, and they want to kind of break loose from what they feel from everything being corporate. I thought it was fascinating. I you're get good. the same vibe from this thing in Chinatown. China. Yeah,
0: China. yeah, you're definitely a, a Democrat and then you're fine with it. And uh, I don't think most people are. I think people want, you know, cities that they can feel safe in.
1: I don't approve of cars being torched, Sasha. That's what I just said. I'll say it again. It's not good and I do not approve. I don't think we should see it again, but I understand the sentiment. What okay. happened? Well all right, so i'll give you the, I'll move. give you
0: the big picture of what we're living through right now. There's a book called "The Fourth Turning," written by Neil Howe and William H. Strauss about the crisis uh that sparks the fourth turning, whereas every eighty years <clears throat> society basically upends itself and the old way dies away and makes way for the new for the mm-hmm. new world. like the last one we lived through was World War II was the last fourth turning also the Civil War, the Revolutionary War, and we're living through another one of those now. And according to those guys, it started in 2008 with the Wall Street meltdown and Wall Street bailout of $700 billion, right when Biden was taking power. Also at that time, the iPhone. Also at that time, social media. So what started to happen was you had two populist movements. You had Occupy Wall Street on the left, and you had the Tea Party on the right. Both of them challenging the government, and over the next over the next decade or so, you saw uprisings from the people that just kept cutting bigger and bigger. This was, you know, mostly almost entirely on the left um, until COVID hit. What, then, what
1: uprising are we talking about? You're not talking about 2020. You're talking about no, something before that. Closer.
0: I'm talking okay. about. I mean, they really started with the World Trade Organization protest in 2000. But they're just getting bigger and bigger. So you had all of these sort of breaching of the Capitol in, in uh, Wisconsin and in Michigan um, because of labor unions and you know conservatives taking power and the left freaking out and protesting. Um, and that was all. And then you had Black Lives Matter starting around 2014. And that became a really big movement where they were challenging the police. One guy even shot a bunch of policemen at the time this idea that the police were racist and this Black Lives Matter movement was rising up that was around 2014 while Obama was still in power. When Trump <laughs> took power, it, it all went to a whole different level. There was the Me Too movement, there was a women's march, there was the anti-Muslim march, there was a, and you know, most of these were, were not violent, but when Trump was inaugurated, you saw extremely violent protests from the left, you saw violence against Trump supporters in 2015, And you're seeing anger and rage that the news has not been reporting at all. And then we get to the summer of 2020, which was maybe the worst like uprising, violent riot we've seen in this country's history after the Civil War. And then you get January 6th. The only thing the media cares about, the only thing our government cares about is January 6th. But they ignored everything that came before that. And that's why all these chickens are coming home to roost for them, because... The violence that's happening all through culture on the left and the right, they ignored on the left and it's still there and it's only going to get worse because it hasn't been addressed and you're sensing something right. You're sensing income inequality. You're sensing a lot of power concentrated at the top and a lot of people without any power at the bottom.
1: Yeah, that's an idea. Income inequality. Those cars represent a certain...
0: And they're helpless wow. and they feel angry and this is, this is a revolt. It's, it's it, but, but people don't know where to aim their anger. Like Trump was an easy um, tart, a way for them to say he's our problem, but they understand that their problems are much bigger than that. They're economic, they're systemic, and they feel helpless and they feel angry and they don't, and I agree that, and, and look, it's only getting worse with AI, right? AI is gonna start replacing everything. Mm. I mean, look at AI. It's already everywhere. I don't know if you noticed this, but it's not just Taylor Swift's porn stuff, which apparently is out there. I don't know. I didn't see it, but...
1: I never found anything that even resembles a decent porn thing concerning her. You know, I was naturally curious. So I went to search her. I never found anything. Nothing.
0: Well, they probably But it happens all the time. Well, no, there's AI, Taylor Swift. That's the scandal is that it's AI porn.
1: Yeah. Not That's what that I mean. Real. I never found any fake porn about her that was anywhere. I know, but, but
0: AI is so weird. You can do a search and you can find things that are just like, I saw this one AI of Taylor Swift holding a Trump sign and, you know, Trump won 2020, and it looks so real. How do you tell the difference? Like, mm-hmm. unless you're just a savvy person, how are you going to know the difference between that? And it's everywhere all of a sudden. It's It's videos of Biden and, you know... All this—it's getting—it's only getting more and more sophisticated, and and that's just the beginning mm-hmm. of all this fourth turning stuff. Because there's also a genetic thing called CRISPR, which um, ha- can hack our DNA and potentially create like a super, a super species, a super like they they create these really muscular dogs and little tiny miniature pigs, and they're able to to hack the genetic code, and that's going to mm-hmm. end up in a weird place, like. Everything is just—it feels like we're in free fall But sooner or later, like there, according to the fourth turning, there's going to be a big cataclysmic event, like World War II, where it sets resets society and everybody calms down, and then we're able to sort of rebuild okay. um, under new leadership and stuff. And but we're heading into it right now, the thick of it, and um, so you know, fasten your seatbelts.
1: Cataclysmic event.
0: That's what it is, according to this book, yeah.
1: Okay. What is the word that you said? I didn't catch it fully. CRISPR? Can you say what that is? CRISPR. CRISPR.
0: It's C-R-I-S-P-R. You can Google it. Okay, no
1: vowel, but just P-R. Got it, okay.
0: CRISPR. C-R-I... Yeah, 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 no E. CRISPR. C-R-I-S-P-R. CRISPR. Mm -hmm. um fascinating i've been studying this thing for a while now this CRISPR situation um at least seven Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. or more it's been around (laughs) because i was writing this novel that supposedly takes place a hundred years in the future and in, in that they have a like a rule against CRISPR because they they took it and they used it to create these you know these these sort of wrote these sort of super weapons of dogs that they genetically enhanced are
1: you talking some fiction or are you talking something actually happening
0: oh no CRISPR is real i was talking about how i was going to use it for my book that i was writing and imagine where it might go in the future it's something people don't really talk about but the technology is everywhere it's not just in the u.s and you know after covid uh and biological weapons and all that and CRISPR, like Our future is very uncertain, to put it mildly. Yeah. I'm kind of glad I'm not going to live much longer. But I do worry for my (laughs) daughter (laughs) what kind of future she'll have. You know, like, ah, ah, it's so wild, man. I don't know where this goes. But yes, I agree with you that there's a part of me that when I saw that video, I didn't think what you're thinking. I thought, you know, just any chance to riot and break things, that's what they do. Um, in, I in think there town. was a
1: unique um, inspiration. I think that there's something about a driverless car really pisses people off, particularly when it obstructs traffic and inconveniences people. And I don't know that people descended en masse upon this vehicle and burned it. I think that somebody just threw an a single incendiary device of some sort and it caught fire. That's So it's not a mass mob action from what I can... Well, they you were know, jumping deserve. up and down
0: on it and stomping it and breaking the windows. That's pretty much a mob.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, and, you know, okay. there are all these little robots that travel around town. You know, have you ever seen those? Didn't you take a picture? I was in I
1: was in uh, San Francisco and took a, a, deliv- a food delivery robot. Yeah, Yeah, so, I
0: did. So what's the difference? Uh, what's the difference between, between that and the driverless car?
1: Uh, a little food delivery robot robot does not obstruct traffic or inconvenience people.
0: Well, how do, does the driverless car uh, inconvenience people?
1: From what I understand, again, I'm I'm just a person reading about it. That that's what started the hostility because it was it was it stopped or something and it was obstructing traffic and people couldn't move and and of course it wasn't responding because there's nobody in it. And people got angry. Hmm. I didn't make that up. I actually read that. Uh, but, you know, maybe, obviously I'm not there, so what do I know, right? Yeah, so, exactly,
0: um, same. I mean, you see a piece of video, you, you know, you don't know what that is, really. You know, I didn't,
1: just... di- I didn't discern that from watching videos. discerning it from reading an account of what had apparently happened. There are some reports about what had apparently happened.
0: Ah, well, I sent you the video, right? Did you watch it?
1: Yes, you did. I did watch Mm. the video, yes. Yeah. That's how I got, that's how I started searching around and kind of wanted to know more about it, so, Mm. you know. Anyway, so go ahead.
0: CRISPR is a technology that research scientists use to selectively modify the DNA of living organisms. CRISPR was adapted for use in the laboratory from naturally occurring genome Editing systems found in bacteria, CRISPR.
1: That's a, that's boring. What you just said.
0: Yeah, I know that's the technical definition of it, but you can find out more if you're okay. curious. Um,
1: well, if it's, 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 it's <laughs> I'm I'm always curious in in the new uh, curves and the new uh, the new happenings in, in terms of AI and all new technology. It's fascinating, but it's um, it's. Um, There's an element about it that is uh, kind of loses your focus. It's a little bit boring when you hear about it in a certain way. For
0: some people, it's boring. Yes, I agree. You have to be able to understand what it could do and what the implications are. And if you can understand that, then you're fascinated by it. Most people aren't paying attention to that CRISPR situation. But I did because Mm -hmm. I find it, you know, yes, you can totally genetically modify a pig to be a huge, muscular, weird-looking pig. (laughs)
1: A much big, mean like a pig in the the Bong Joon Ho film? Something really big, the size of an elephant or whatever? Absolutely
0: could do that. Yeah. And, you know, it makes me wonder about certain people like Kim Kardashian who have these surrogate babies. And -hmm. it makes you wonder, like, how much of that is involved. There was a big court case a while back about using CRISPR to correct a genetic um, abnormality in a fetus and an embryo. Mm Um, and it was a, it's a big deal. It's a very big, potentially a big scandal. People are worried about it. Like, are people going to be using this to design the ideal humans? And okay. So, anyway, it's an interesting, it, the technological advancements um, that we're living through mm-hmm. right now are just off the charts. We're going to wake up to a new world in a couple of years, totally different world than we live in. We're going to
1: w- wake up to a totally different world two years from now in 2026. I think so
0: personally. It feels like that, doesn't it? It feels like it's that close to, to really just changing over from the AI to the fall of Hollywood. Like, can Hollywood even survive? I don't know. Like, I don't know if it can at the moment. I don't even know if even Oppenheimer winning Best Picture makes much of a difference, to tell you the truth. But, um, okay.
1: Well, you're losing me here because I I didn't know about the world changing completely in two years. But my understanding is that things change in increments. Sometimes it seems as if a a big leap forward has happened, i.e. the the iPhone, i.e. Twitter, that kind of thing. But, you know, I'm not aware of there being a big transformation happening.
0: Well, we're in a big leap forward right now. The big leap forward was COVID. Okay. Because of how it it. That's what, I mean, it's such a long, boring story. We can find something more interesting. Well, let's, not, let's that.
1: not do it then. <laughs> it's long yeah, and boring.
0: Let's not do that. But it yeah. basically changed the way American economy works, and it changed the way people work. It changed the way people interact. It changed yeah. almost everything about our how we go to movies, how we order food, how we shop, you know. It's
1: very, um, very tragic, really. And, I know, and, and I
0: Probably don't know true. that, and you know, you could smash enough cars to be able to stop what's coming, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um,
1: Anyway, well, I think given that we're going to have a huge change in this country in two years time, as you just said, I think what we need, absolutely need, uh, is, is really vital. And that's to have uh, a, a president of the United States who's oh, a okay. sharp, aware person like, like Joe Biden, you know, an 82, 83 year old guy <laughs> no. who can't. Remember the name of the president of Egypt? and well, that, that, That's what we one need. Of the, we need someone
0: one of the uh, markers of the fourth turning is... Now, if
1: we had Pete, Peter Jig there, there would be a different thing. He would get it. Yeah, but we're, we have to, do, because
0: but, we. that's what people don't seem to understand, is we have to move through this moment before we can even find new leadership. That's why it's still the Trump side and the Obama side. It's not Biden. It's Obama. It's Obama's side. It's Obama's America versus Trump's America is the fight.